Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically, the same way Jesus did it. I wanted to share with you today a little about a recent talk I did on the topic of science at a Youth Apologetics Summit in Bend. First, a little bit about the summit. It was a youth summit, which meant that 95% of the people who attended were youth, kids in high school. I think there were some kids even as far down as middle school. A few parents, a few youth group leaders and pastors, but pretty much the entire summit was for young people, which was very cool. It's one of the things we've talked about here on the show and in our ministry here in Portland. Young people is where this battle is happening. They're the ones who are getting absolutely battered by all of this misinformation and falsehoods and confusion on social media, through public school, everywhere. They are just getting hammered with these false ideas. And what it's doing is it is tearing them away from their faith, from their family, from their churches. And so my good friend, Stephen Williams, who I interviewed on the show a couple weeks ago, God put it on his heart 15 years ago. This was the 15th annual youth summit. And so Stephen Williams has been doing this for 15 years, equipping kids down in Bend to understand the Bible, understand how it relates to the critical issues of the day. And so it was a wonderful time, almost 600 kids in attendance. And that was pretty much just from the Bend area. And so if you do a a little quick math here, the Bend area is maybe 100,000 people. If you look at how, you know, age demographics, how many of those 100,000 people are in that age group between, you know, 13, 14 to 18, 19, you know, maybe there's a thousand to 1500 kids from that population in that age demographic. So the fact that he got 600 kids is just really amazing. That means he's having a huge impact down there. Lots of people sending their youth groups and their children to this summit. So great time. And he invited me to go down there and teach on the topic of science. And so that's something you guys know. I got my degree at MIT, mechanical engineering. I worked at Intel for almost 20 years in the high tech in their R&D group. I switched companies. I'm still in the semiconductor industry, still coming up with new ideas and inventions and innovations in the area of semiconductor manufacturing and test. Still getting patents on new ideas and engaging in the industry. So as I say in my jingle, I am a active engineer in the high-tech industry, living this stuff out every day. So my talk was 
really about this myth that science and the Bible are in conflict. At the beginning of the talk, I asked the kids for a show of hands. There's about 250 kids in the session. And I said, how many have heard something like this, phrases like this, either at school or from your friends or on social media, things like this? Well, the Bible's not really meant to be scientific. Or isn't Christianity anti-science? Or... Well, the science is reliable, but the Bible is just myths and fairy tales, right? Or hasn't science disproven the Bible by now? Just about every one of those kids raised their hands and said, oh yeah, I I hear that all the time. That is a very prevalent myth that they have to grapple with as part of their day-to-day lives. And so I said, okay, well, I'm here to try to help you dispel that myth. And I'm gonna do it you know, through sharing some facts and some observations and helping them think through the topic themselves. And so I started and I said, what happens, and this is a sad commentary on really the church and Christianity today, just because there are so many Christians who don't understand science, who don't understand what the Bible has to say about science, who don't understand science in the context of a biblical worldview. And so I gave them this illustration. I said, we, the church, not only are losing this war of science versus the Bible, we have surrendered this war. We're not even fighting it. And we do it by not understanding one critical truth. And I'll share that truth with you in just a minute. And I said, because we don't understand this one truth, it's like we're a soldier on the battlefield. And we've got this fantastic, you know, M16 machine gun that's just, you know, this wonderful tool in the battlefield. And our enemy has a butter knife. This should be no contest. This is the illustration. We run out onto the battlefield. And the first thing we do is we give our enemy our weapon to use on us. That is what the church is doing in the topic of science today. And I said, guys, what? <laughs> this is terrible. We're not even fighting. We've given up the fight before it even started. And we've given our weapon to the other side. It just makes no sense. So this is the truth that I hope all of you can understand and recognize and remember from today's show. And that is science is God's invention. I said, The problem is that our culture has claimed science for themselves. And they've said atheists and agnostics and people who are rebellious towards God, they're the people who invented science. And they're the ones who get to claim science as their tool to use against Christianity, against the Bible, against God. And I'm like, that's just ridiculous. It's just untrue. It doesn't even make sense. So what I did is I walked them through what science 
actually is. And I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed that more Christians don't understand this simple truth about science. Science is very simple. If you go to the scientific method, there's basically five steps in science. The first one is you make an observation. You just notice something about the world around you. Step number two, you propose an explanation. You make a guess. You're like, hmm, I think the reason this happens is because of this. Number three, and this is really important. Most people don't understand this about science. You create a prediction, something that you can test. So a lot of people just think, oh, science is just learning about things. No, science is about creating hypotheses or making guesses that you can then prove if you're wrong or not. That's what I loved about science. What I loved about math, I was helping my kids, you know, with their math homework last night. And, you know, after a couple of uh, algebra problems, I turned to my daughter and I was like, because you, know, you figure out the problem and then you go back and you plug the answer back into the equation and you can check if you're right. And after a couple of these problems, I turned to my daughter. I'm like, isn't that so cool? I said, that's what I love about math. You can know for sure if you're right or wrong. And she just lit up. She's like, oh, it's like you have the answer key. It's like you're the teacher, you know? And I'm like, exactly. It's so cool. You don't get to do that with your English paper. You don't write a history paper and then say, well, let's see. I'm going to plug this back into the thing and see if I'm right or not about these 14 paragraphs that I just wrote. It's subjective. It's so cool about math and science. You can actually know for sure if you're right or you're wrong. Most people don't understand that about science. Anyway, step number three, create a prediction. Step number four, collect the data and see if you're right. Again, it's testable. Science, by definition, is testing your theories. And then step number five is almost always your first guess or second or third is wrong. And then you sit there and iterate, you modify, you improve your guesses until you get closer and closer to having your data, your reality, match your theory. So that's what science is. And I gave them a, in the talk on science at the conference, I dropped a pen. And I said, okay, let's do some science here. I dropped a pen and I said, okay, what did you observe? Well, when I opened up my hand, the pen dropped. Great. Okay, what's your theory about why that happened? And we came up with some theories and then we tested it again and I dropped the pen again and we modified our theories. And, and then at the end of that, you know, two minute illustration, I'm like, that's it. You guys just did science. And they're like, what? It's that simple? I'm like, it's that simple. <laughs> and so they're like, well, then why are people so confused about it? How is science used against God and all this kind of stuff? I'm like, exactly. That's why it's important for Christians everywhere, not just on science, but on, on any topic, but especially science, it's so clear. Think Christianity is a rational, reasonable, justifiable worldview. It's a justifiable religion. It's a thinking religion. So many people get that wrong. What I did next is I said, now let's think about this. If this is what science is, you make some observations, you make some guesses, you're trying to see how the universe works. 
and then you can test it to see if you're right. I said, let's go back and think about the worldview that's necessary for science. So in the beginning of this, I said, science is God's invention. Does that mean we open up the Bible and in, there in Genesis 1 or 2 or some book of the Bible, it says, oh, here's the scientific method. No, what it means is the way the Bible describes the universe, you need the universe to be that way for science to work. Science requires a biblical worldview. And they're like, okay, I don't know if I buy that. I'm like, okay, let me walk you through it. So the example I gave was the scientific method. And those of you who don't know this, the modern scientific method, the description of that is generally attributed to Francis Bacon in the 16th century. And when he published his work, he called it the Novum Organum Scientarum, which is Latin for the new method of science. Well, if there's a new method of science, what was he trying to replace? He was trying to replace the, or correct, the old method of science. Well, where'd the old method of science come from? Right, Aristotle in the third century BC. So this is what I walk people through. What worldview did Aristotle have in the third century BC? Well, he had a pagan worldview. If any of you have read books or studied Greek mythology, that's the worldview that they had. And here's the fascinating thing. It's so, so cool. One of the main things the Bible points to and says, this proves God, is creation. Now, a lot of people are like, yeah, creation's interesting, you know, but it's not that important. No, it's actually fundamentally important. It is crucial to our Christian faith that we know and understand that God created the world. Because everybody, when they're born, they look around and they say, you know what, this world is too beautiful, too complex, too amazing to just have come from nothing or to just happen by random chance. Everybody knows that. And I know there's people out there who are gonna say, well, haven't you ever heard of evolution? Evolution defines you know, how everything got here. No, it doesn't. Evolution doesn't give you any explanation of where everything came from a lot of people get so confused by this they say well no the big bang tells us where everything came from no <laughs> there's a lot of problems with the big bang that's for another show the big bang doesn't tell you anything about where everything came from all it says is you take all the stuff that exists today and it used to be a lot closer together i mean like a lot closer together okay great but where'd all the stuff come from you know back in the day it was all really close together Okay, great. So it's super close together. Where did it come from? Oh, well, we don't have an explanation for that. Exactly. Because evolution and the Big Bang Theory don't do anything to answer the only question that matters, which is, where did everything come from? Where did all this matter come from? It couldn't have come from nothing. Everybody knows that. Everybody understands that. Even young kids get that you can't get everything from nothing. So the way the Bible describes it is it says creation is a fundamentally important doctrine. So back to the ancient Greeks. Where did the ancient Greeks think that everything came from? They didn't have an explanation. They weren't going to believe in an all-powerful God that created it. 
their only option was to say that it had existed forever. Now, does anybody today believe that the universe existed forever? No. There's lots of, you know, measurements that we've taken with telescopes and other instruments and we're like, yeah, the universe obviously hasn't existed forever. But that was the falsehood that they believed back then. Once you deny God, now you're on a dangerous path. You're on a very dangerous mental, intellectual path. Because if you don't have God as the ultimate authority, the creator for everything, you have to make something the ultimate authority. So the Greeks, just like many other civilizations, put themselves in that place. So if you deny God, and Romans 1 walks you through this, but if you deny God, now your feudal mind is darkened. You're starting to be confused yourself. They say, okay, well, human reason was the ultimate authority. Well, once you make that leap, then you say, well, now philosophy determines reality. Philosophy, your mind, is a higher authority than reality. What does that mean? Ultimately, that means there's no intellectual justification for the laws of the universe, for there to exist laws, or certainly for them to be stable and unchanging. So can you have science? This is kind of the main point of the talk. Can you have science? when you've got no intellectual justification for there being laws of physics that don't change. Let me give you an example. Let's say I observe something today on, you know, whatever, on a Monday or a Tuesday, say a Monday. And then I say, hmm, I think the reason for that happening is because of this law. Okay, and tomorrow I'm going to run an experiment. Tomorrow, Tuesday, I'm going to run an experiment, see if that's right. Well, what if I run that experiment and say, well, wait a minute, maybe the laws on Tuesday are different than they are on Monday. Do I have any reason to believe that that's not the case? No, no. If there is no ultimate standard of authority like God who created the universe and who himself doesn't change, which means his laws don't change, then I've got no justification for unchanging scientific laws. Well, could you ever, <laughs> could you ever do any kind of meaningful science when you couldn't depend on the laws not changing? No, of course not. So what does this all mean? It means when Francis Bacon came along and said, you know what? This is a pagan foundation, a pagan worldview that has yielded the scientific laws from Aristotle that the entire world has been trying to use and implement only with you know very limited success he came back and said wait a minute we know more than this we have a biblical worldview we know it is obvious to every person that God exists, that he's powerful, that he has a divine nature, and that he created everything. How do we know that, by the way? That's just not Roy's theory or some wacko apologetics ministry claim. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that every person knows that God exists and that he created the world. Somewhere deep in their heart, they know that. 
they may not be able to articulate that. They may not submit their will to this all-powerful God that they know exists, but somewhere deep in their heart, they know that to be true because God put it there. God wrote that in their hearts. So Francis Bacon said, well, let's actually do our science according to the worldview that we know is true because of the Bible. So he's the one who said, wait a minute, we can actually come up with a structure, a method for observing the world around us that God created, for trying to analyze and guess as to what the rules of this universe might be that God created. And then the most important thing, we can test those rules and see if we're right. And then we can iterate and modify and get better and better and closer and closer to the truth. So that was basically the talk that I gave at this conference. And the kids were just really excited to learn about how to confront these errors, these claims in the culture and the world today that science has disproven the Bible or science is at war with the Bible. And it's like, no, guys, if you just stop and think, today Christians give way too much license and credibility to claims that are being made out in the culture. And that's what we are trying to do in this apologetics ministry is say, we're not equipping you to know all the truth. That's too big of a challenge. You'll never know all the truth. But what you can do, and this is the heart of our apologetics ministry, and this is what the Bible teaches about how to renew your mind, how to think clearly and biblically the way God thinks. You don't need to know all the truth. You just need to be very effective and diligent to recognize falsehoods. Let me say that again. You don't need to know all the truth. You just need to be able to recognize and refute that which is false. So they were like, wow, this is great. And I said, okay, next time you go out into the culture, next time you hear this you know, these myths, next time somebody's making these claims about, well, the science is this, the science is that, slow the conversation down, have this person making the claim, try to justify their position. Why do you think science is, you know, all powerful and able to do all these things? Why do you think science is at odds with the Bible? Do you even know what science actually is? And then just walk them through step by step the fundamentals, the basic tenets of true science. And now you're in a conversation. And again, we've talked about this before. Apologetics is not about creating a argument. It's not about winning an argument. It's not about yelling louder than your opponent. It's about having people think through what they believe. It's about knowing what you believe. It's about knowing why you believe that. And now you're on to a great conversation about science and how God has created it and what they think. And so anyway, that was a cool experience I got to have this last weekend. And I wanted to share some of that with you on the radio today. Now, how about you? Have you ever heard those claims in the world or in your science class at school or from your friends or family that, well, science and the Bible are at war 
or science has disproven the Bible? Or have you ever heard somebody say, you know, with a very arrogant tone, well, I believe in science. I don't believe in fairy tales. Hopefully you've learned a little bit today about how to confront that myth. Again, your job is not to try and prove that anybody's wrong. Your job is to ask questions and to explore and to try and help people explore their own assumptions, their own conclusions, to try and bring some rationality to the conversation, to try and bring some clear thinking. That's my prayer for you today, is that you are able to have those conversations, that you are able to find some resources out there that you can point your friends and family to, to learn more and to think clearly about these big ideas, you can go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com and find lots of links and resources there. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.